Well, good morning, everybody. So good to be with you. My name is Andrew File. Um, I think most of us have met, but some of them, I've just seen your name on the side of the Zoom. So uh, good to be with you. Happy one year to Midtown. Um, I know this is, uh, this is like, yeah, it's, it's wild to think that this has been one year. Um, if some of you don't know, but I was in a formal ministry for eight years and, uh, you know, took, uh, stayed at the church where I was at for a couple years and then took some time off church. And as Denise and I were thinking, praying, processing, what would we hope and vision for church? You know, we were hoping for a place, um, to obviously raise our kids. We got four boys. And I think for us, more than anything, what we missed in that transition out of church was you just missed being with the people of God. Like I miss being with people that love Jesus are trying to be more like him. Uh, so as we joined Midtown and joined the launch team, uh, you know, we went in with just like, man, we'll see where <laughs> this goes and who knows what will happen. Um, and I can tell you like Midtown has become family for us. Um, it has been, you know, like COVID has been difficult for sure, right? But Midtown has made this last year better. Um, and, and it's been full of so many challenges. Uh, I think to Ryan and Caitlin, obviously not the year you wanted, not the year you are hoping for. So many like thwarted expectations and vision of what this launch for our church would be. Uh, but just thank you. Thank you creating, for creating space for others that can gather, uh, can meet and you know, create community and then meet Jesus as well. Um, to all of you that are on, like, uh, so, so I'm so glad to be a part of this with you. So thanks for joining. Uh, and then obviously all of you that have supported, donated uh, to Midtown, thanks for making this thing possible. Uh, it, it only exists because of the people of God owning this together. So uh, I just wanted to say congratulations. I'm excited maybe to see some of y'all here uh, after, after this service. So uh, our, our text this morning is uh, wrapping up our series called Open Secrets. And this has been a series that for us has, has been a way of thinking about the hard teachings of Jesus. Uh, those, those things that when we read, we kind of just brush over. Like, I love Jesus. And then when I read his words, I'm always like, dang, like, why, why do you have to be so hard and speak so much truth? Uh, and this is one of those passages. Uh, if you have your text open, and Kelly will also put it on the screen, we're going to be looking at Luke 12, 54 to 59. Luke 12, 54 to 59. And in this passage, uh, Jesus has been teaching to the disciples. So it's like some of those snippets from like the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus is now uh, getting to. So he's, he's talked to the disciples and he shifts his focus. And his focus moves to the crowd, which includes some of the religious leaders. So that's definitely in there. Uh, but Jesus is now speaking to the crowd. Uh, and I'm going to read uh, from Luke 12, 54 to 59. Let's hear Jesus' words. He said to the crowd, When you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say, It's going to rain. And it does. And when the south wind blows, you say, It's going to be hot. And it is. Hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time? And he went on to say, why don't you judge for yourselves what is right? As you are going with your adversary to the magistrate, try hard to be reconciled on the way. Or your adversary may drag you off to the judge, and the judge turn you over to the officer, and the officer throw you in prison. 
I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. So this text this morning, it kind of has two parts for us. Uh, in the first section, Jesus is speaking to the crowd. And as he's speaking to the crowd, uh, he's, he's talking about the weather, which is like for us, the, the topic of the weather is like the thing you talk about when you've run out of things. You're like, oh, Fresno was really nice this week, right? Like really beautiful. Spring's here. Uh, and so he's talking about the weather. Uh, but he's like, you guys know, I mean, you can like dig into the dirt, you listen to the chickens crow, like you can tell these signs, like you guys have this amazing ability to know what is happening around you with the weather, but you're missing it. You're missing what God is doing. Literally, he says, how is it that you don't know how to interpret this present moment? You have no idea what's happening in your midst. Uh, they're missing a God-sized moment. The king of the universe is in their presence and they cannot see it. Jesus is telling them to wake up. Like, you're asleep at the wheel. Wake up. And then the second part of the passage, which kind of feels like a left turn in some ways, uh, and as I read it over and over, there's a sense that Jesus is now giving them an example. Okay, he's telling them to wake up. And then he shifts over to say, like, let me just give you a picture of what this looks like. When you wake up, it's like this, right? And so he shifts to a story to say, hey, imagine you're going before a judge. The presumption in this story is you're guilty. Like, if you go to court, uh, you are going to be found guilty. You're going to pay the penalty. You're going to pay a lot of money, more than what you have, and you're probably going to be thrown in prison. So Jesus says, imagine you're about to go to court. You're guilty. If you wake up, and you're awake on that journey, you're going to repent real quickly. Like you're going to confess your sins, you're going to confess your wrongdoing, and you're going to turn and make it right with your accuser. Uh, that ex it's an example Jesus is doing, what, and it's an example he's trying to give us. If I could put this kind of passage in a couple words, it's wake up and repent. Jesus' words for us and for this crowd was wake up and repent. Uh, and Jesus is always doing this thing, right? Like, he's coming onto the scene to say, God is in your midst. Like, don't miss what's happening in front of you. Um, and I, I think we're like, right, generations on generations on generations past Jesus. It's so easy for us to be comfortable. It's so easy as somebody who grew up in church. Like, I've heard Jesus' words over and over and over. Uh, I try to daily read Jesus' words. Uh, so I hear them often but I often don't feel them. I'm asleep to his words. I'm asleep to what he's doing in my midst. Um, uh, this has been a year, as we think about waking up, and this, this, this word Jesus has for us today, uh, 2020 was a year of waking up. Uh, we're celebrating our one year at Midtown, but we're also celebrating one year of COVID. Um, and uh, looking, I was looking at some of the numbers. January 25th, first case in California. March 4th was the first, like, uh, you know, uh, state of emergency. And then the 19th of March, we had our, like, total shutdown. So it's almost been a year. Uh, and I think COVID has been a wake-up kind of year. Um, not only did you have COVID raging, um, but it's begun, it's begun this process in us of shaking us a little bit. And some of these shake-ups have been really good, right? Like, I've heard from a lot of families even people, into, uh, single folks that have just said, I, I just recognize how busy I was. Like COVID shook me and woke me up to recognize I had something going every day, every night, every weekend. 
like my calendar was jammed. And up until recently, like things are starting to get a little more active. Up until recently, somebody's like, what are you doing this weekend? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> what are you doing? Like there's nothing happening. Uh, and so it's been a wake up to go like, do we want to be this busy? Like, is this the life we're meant to live for our kids, for ourselves as families? And some of this has been a wake up in relationships. So uh, in positive ways, like we've connected, we've spent time together. I've heard that from folks like, I just really enjoy the time with my kids or my family. Uh, so for some of us, it's been a wake up in like a, a tearing of relationships. We thought things were good and they're not anymore. Um, so it's been a hard wake up. Uh, it's been a wake up in our mental health. It's been a wake up to recognize that like the disparities we have in our community are really prevalent. They still exist. COVID has exacerbated a lot of those disparities of rich and poor, of access to resources and not. Uh, and then for many of us too, uh, COVID has been a wake up in, in death. Like death has, there's 500,000 folks that have died in the United States because of COVID. And I know, like, I know folks on this call that have experienced death this week. Uh, and so it's been a wake up to, to face death, to face mortality, and to just reckon with that pain in our lives. So I think, I think COVID has been a wake up for us. Uh, but I think often um, what I think God is doing and what Jesus is inviting to in this passage is, is waking up is good. It can be a really positive thing. Uh, as an example, uh, many of you all know I am a Dodgers fan. I am a World Series uh, championship Dodgers fan, so I just want to stay that. Uh, and I grew up in Bakersfield, and Bakersfield is uh, close to LA, so, and, and my wife's family has season tickets, so we'd go down there for games, and after staying for a full game, uh, getting home to Bakersfield or LA is a long trip, right? Like, if we went all the way back to Fresno, we're getting in at 2, 3 in the morning. I am not a late driver, never really been, and so I need to be woken up on that journey often. Uh, and to do that, I have like an arsenal of tools, right? Like I've developed over time, like the things I use to stay awake on a long journey. Uh, put in the chat, what is your, your stay awake, your stay awake journey tools? Like what do you use? Uh, here's my combo just as a get, get a sense of, of what I use. Mo tool one, monster energy drink. I never drink monsters, but for some reason, the green original is my jam. Uh, I even have a weird, like, where every 10 minutes I take a gulp, uh, and I just pace that throughout the night. It's weird, but it works. I, that's the only time I ever buy a monster uh, on a late night road trip. Uh, tool two, sunflower seeds. You gotta have that. If I don't have them in the glove compartment, I stop and get those with my monster. I'm a fan of the dill pickle, uh, but I can, I can really try anything. Um, tool three, uh, some punk or emo music. So if Denise is falling asleep, which is often, I'm, 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 I'm screaming, uh, you know, got to stay jammed. The more angstier, the better. Uh, and that's tool three. And then tool four is the desperate move, uh, where I am starting to, you know, do a little bit of this, shake, shake off. I'm rolling down the windows if it's cold outside or if it's hot, just full blast AC. I'm chilling. I'm freezing myself out. Uh, at that point, I should probably pull over. I acknowledge this, um, but those are my tools to stay awake. Uh, as I, you know, obviously making light there, but as I think about this year, like not only have we had COVID, uh, but throughout 2020, there's been a series of wake ups. There's just been a series of moments that life is happening and Jesus is looking at us saying, wake up. Uh, well, not only obviously we have COVID, uh, but we had George Floyd's death and, and murder. 
that was a huge wake up across our country, across the world. Uh, we had an election, we had two impeachments, we had the January 6th insurrection, um, and you all have had things in your life, things in your own families, things in your own uh, friendships, right? Tensions with friends uh, that have been wake-ups. For us as a family, we had our own kind of wake-up moment during this past year. Uh, in January, or in July, uh, my wife Denise, just like all of a sudden, she had this like chest pain that was just like felt crippling. And then she had two moments where her throat was closing or felt like it was closing. And I mean, she was full panic of like, how can she breathe? One time she was driving our kids somewhere. Um, and so just the like that desperate call, like I have to go to the ER. Um, so twice Denise went into the ER and that started a process of like six to eight weeks of, you know, so much blood work. Uh, EKGs, um, x-rays, and all these tests, all this, all this work, and, and a lot of pain, a lot of, uh, she wasn't able to sleep. Um, we couldn't figure out what's going on. It was very, um, yeah, fear-inducing as a family. And in the midst of all of that, the doctors couldn't find anything. What they found, and then what they later said is like, you're, you're stressed. Like, stress moves its way into the body, and your body is telling you to pay attention. Um, and you know, you know that phrase like, if mom ain't happy, nobody's happy. Well, in our house, it's like, if, mom, if mom's not doing well, we're not doing well. Um, Denise, you all, you all that know her, uh, her vitality, her energy, her, her passion is what anchors us as a family, and it's what anchors our community. And so to not have that was very jarring. Um, it was very... Um, yeah, I was like, how do, I just don't know how to take care of her. I don't know how to respond. You know, she's not feeling well. Mom was coming, her mom was coming up and taking care of us. Um, in the midst of all of that, it was a wake-up call. Uh, it was a wake-up call for Denise, which I'm not going to tell her story. That's hers to tell. But it's a wake-up call for her and her, and her life, a wake-up call for our family. Um, and uh, God was trying to get our attention. Like Jesus was speaking to us in that moment. Uh, we, were, we were now shook awake uh, on the journey. I think Jesus in the passage that we're hitting this morning, Jesus is speaking to the crowd saying something, something new is happening here. In the Bible, there's a term that's often used to talk about waking up. It's an apocalypse. So in the Bible, we think about apocalypse like end of the world, end of the age, utter destruction. Uh, but apocalypse really, um, the Bible project summarizes it as what happens when someone on earth is exposed to the heavenly transcendent reality of God's realm. So it's when God's space and our space collide. And in, in this passage, in Luke 12, Jesus is speaking and saying, do you all recognize God's space and our space have collided in me? Like, I am here before you. The king of the world stands before you. As Revelation says, Jesus stands and knocks. He's, he's, he's trying to wake us from our slumber, from dozing off. Are we listening? That's the question. Are we awake? Are we aware to what God is doing? Uh, and, and as Jesus moves into that passage, again, that example that he gives us. So not only does he say, wake up, he then transitions to say, what does waking up look like? Uh, what, is, what does waking up look like? It looks like repentance. Waking up looks like recognizing the sense that you have, you've missed it. You're human, right? You confess, you make it right. And you live in the reality of God's, God's place for you. 
Uh, that's all that example is trying to get us to recognize. Uh, that we need to recognize our limitations. But we need to repent and confess and rely on Jesus for the outcome. Uh, that is the action and the call for us. Uh, as I thought about this message in my own life, and what does it look like for me to um, repent, to confess, uh, now that I've been woken up, I think the thing that, that has shaken me this year, uh, that has been waking me up this year, is like uh, the January 6th insurrection was probably the tip of the iceberg uh, of like what has Christian nationalism uh, done in our country? I think for me, uh, the state of the evangelical church, local Christian politics, I, obviously I'm in a church space with a job I have, um, have really shooken me this year and, and caused me to think like, what is, how are we making disciples as a church? And, and what does that look like to really pursue Jesus as a church and as a church body in, in our country? Um, and that's really like woken me up. I, I've, I've, I have a lot of like mixed emotions of like sadness, uh, disbelief, anger, judgment. Uh, and Grace's message two weeks ago was around this idea that uh, we need our enemies. Like the folks in us reveal uh, to us where our heart is at. Uh, and in that, I think I just recognize the pride, the judgmentalism, the real disdain I have for some people that are in, the, in our body, um, in, our, in our big C church. Um, and it's a wake-up call to confess and repent that. Like, that is not of Christ. Uh, and God wants to root that out in me. Uh, he wants to, me to, to repent of those things, to turn the other way, and to practice of Christianity that would love, um, that's one of love, of grace, of humility, and of embrace of others. Even people in my, my uh, crew, right? They're part of our family. Uh, and so that's been a wake-up call for me. Uh, and it's been a call to action to repent of my own judgmentalism uh, and my own pride. Uh, you have this too, right? You have an area in your life you've been woken up. You have an area of your life you're being called to confess and to repent and to seek new life in Christ. Um, this morning, uh, we're going to move into to some breakouts. So breakouts, as we've been doing them, are just a way to pause in the midst of a sermon and to say, like, what is God speaking to you? I'm not the only one God has given words to, right? We believe and trust that God is speaking. Um, and so we only know that when we can listen to one another and hear from one another. Um, so you're going to get into groups. Uh, Kelly's going to put some questions there in the chat. And uh, really, we just want you to begin to process, where are you asleep? Or, like, what has woken you up this year? Uh, did you have an, a personal apocalypse where God's space and your space just collided in front of you? Uh, and then the second part of the question really is getting to the idea of what does repentance look like? What does it look like to confess and to seek a new way to be human under Christ? Um, so we're going to go into breakout groups, and then as we come back, I'll wrap up our time. Well, it's never, never enough time, but I uh, hope you had some rich conversations. And, um, you know, the invitation is to connect with any of the folks that you met. If, if uh, you want to follow up, that's to the point of this time. Um, but I think in the midst of thinking about where are we being woken up and the call to repentance and confession, uh, I think the invitation that as Jesus stands giving this message to the crowd, I just want to remind us of who Jesus is. 
Uh, remember who our God is. The most repeated phrase in the Old Testament uh, is echoed again in Psalm 103, 8. And the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. That the invitation and confession and repentance is not one of guilt and shame. Um, it's one of an invitation to new life. It's, it's one to recognize our humanity, our fallenness. Uh, and then Jesus stands there ready, a slow to anger, abounding in love towards you um, and desiring all to come to know him. Um, that in the way he postures himself uh, as the suffering servant who, you know, a couple of chapters later in Luke will go to a cross for us. Uh, that he bears our pain, uh, he bears our sin, that he is gracious, he is compassionate, he is slow to anger and abounding in love. And so he invites you to wake up today. He invites you in this season of Lent to wake up, uh, to repent and confess and turn to him. Uh, he is moving, he is speaking, and we as his followers just want to get better at hearing his voice. Uh, we as his followers just want to get better at seeing what he is doing in our midst so that we are not like the person sitting before the judge going, I didn't know. I didn't see it happening. Um, and so uh, that's our invitation this morning. Let me pray. And then Dusty's going to come up uh, and do communion, uh, lead us in a time of communion. So Lord, as we come to you, uh, I am just grace, uh, grateful for this first year at Midtown. Um, the fact that you um, you have set this up, you've given vision to leaders, uh, to, to supporters, uh, and you have called each and every person here uh, for this moment. And so we just celebrate what you're doing. You're doing something in our midst through Midtown. We just want to celebrate and recognize that. Um, in, the, in the midst of 2020, in the midst of COVID, um, what has been uh, a tumultuous year for sure, uh, that you are still moving. You are still with us. You are still present. Um, and we want to just be better disciples to see it. Uh, and when we don't see it, Lord, may we recognize that you are gracious with us. And so this morning, we want to celebrate. We want to have eyes to see and to recognize you are on the move. We are grateful for today. And we go to you.